0: This is the Roden Fellows Podcast.
1: Capital One is a proud partner of the Roden Fellows Program, which provides opportunities to aspiring sports journalists from historically Black colleges and universities to produce content, including this podcast, throughout the year. Capital One supports this program as a part of their larger commitment to the advancement of students from HBCUs. What's up, guys? Welcome to ESPN's Anscape Road and Fellows podcast. I'm your host, Zoe Hodge, a journalism student on the pre-law track at Hampton University, the Real HU. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by my producer and colleague, Scott Lipscomb. Hi,
0: everyone.
1: So as you all know, homecoming season is here. Let's talk about how students are serving looks on their respective HBCU campuses.
0: Yeah, as I walk through class every day, I just see the amazing fits that people just come up with. And it actually surprises me every day. Girl, I know that's right. Everyone comes to class
1: with their best outfits on, especially on Fried Chicken Wednesday. You know, everyone has to put on their best outfit for the calf. So, we just kind of want to talk about the HBCU fashion experience in our first segment. I know a lot of you guys are on social media and you see pages like Ivy League Fits and HBCU Drip. The culture here at HBCUs and the style and fashion preferences of many of our students are being highlighted across many social media platforms. And a lot of these, like online magazine type of Instagram
0: pages. Yeah, I see a lot of that every time I scroll through. Regardless, I felt I love that I go to Auntie because it's just a variety of outfits. Like, I would really see things I would never think to put together in my head. And I feel like HBCU students really start the trends for all of the brands and they kind of shed light to these Black owned businesses, you know, all these different types of clothing brands that people may have never heard of before.
1: And we're starting to see a lot. Of- of trends on our campuses. I don't know about you. Well, actually I do because I'm always seeing NCAT on Instagram, Twitter, going viral. Um, but a lot of trends include the Far bags, the Nike dunks, easy slides. We're also seeing a lot of clubs on our campuses. I know at Hampton University, we have Bragg and we also have the Hampton Quarterly, which I'm a part of, which is more so a platform rather than a club or organization that want to highlight the fashion experiences at HBCUs display uh, creatives and really put them on a platform where other people can see our creative styles and our preferences and just
0: how fashion can bring together so many different students. Zoe, I know you're really big on fashion. Like I I look at your Instagram and see all the different outfits that you put together. How would you describe your style and what exactly would you say fashion means to you?
1: I would say my style just, it depends on how I'm feeling. Sometimes I wake up, might want to be a little bit more feminine and soft with how I dress, Mm -hmm. maybe a dress and heels. Other times I might have on my Nike dunks or my Jordan 1s or something, a nice sneaker I love sneakers. So really, it just depends on how I'm feeling that day when I wake up Um, and I'm like, what do I want to look like today? And I love having variety and being able to switch it up. And I would say just fashion is a means of expressing yourself like literally how I might dress a certain way, depending on how I'm feeling that day. I think that's why fashion is so important because you can really express yourself and display
0: your creative mindset or really do something that people have never done before. Okay, so we also have another special guest today and that would be Mr. Roden. Hi Mr. Roden, how are you?
2: Hey guys, hey Alexis, hey Zoe. How are you guys doing?
0: Good. Good. How are you?
2: I'm well. I'm well. Uh I just had a question. I was listening to your conversation about fashion and homecoming. So I went to Morgan State back in the, you know, homecoming was always a big deal. I played football, so I was never really in the mix. But I just I wanted to ask you guys, why is homecoming and fashion so different at HBCUs? I don't know if you guys have been to homecomings on your friends' campuses, PWIs, but is there a difference? Is there sort of a cultural difference in the clothes that your peers wear at HBCUs versus PWIs?
0: Yes, for sure. I feel like I actually have a friend that goes to LSU, doesn't dress how she would at an HBCU anymore. Like They typically walk around in shorts and big shirts, and that's Their outfits, and I never heard is, you know, okay, their homecomings are a big deal. I feel like I only hear about, you know, the turnout of their games and maybe their parties, but it's never a, oh my God, look at this outfit that somebody put on at this PWI homecoming rather than HBCUs is like, oh my gosh, I have to get all my fits ready for homecoming, for the concert, for the game. I can't, you know, everybody kind of preps themselves to look good for homecoming because it's, you know, it's so many people in one space and you want to look the best,
2: really. does that that put pressure on you guys?
0: I feel like it puts pressure on our pockets for sure. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Um, all right, well, I, I I was just, like I said, I'm intrigued by the conversation, and I'm always interested in sort of what's the di- difference between uh, an HBCU homecoming as it relates to clothes, PWI, so uh, good answer. Yeah.
1: What would you say, Zoe? Historically, Black college and university really pride themselves on like excellence in dressing the part. I think that's something kind of like instilled into our culture and traditions at HBCUs. Um, At Hampton, especially like sometimes dressing a certain way is mandatory to be, you know, admitted in certain events, whether it's, you know, business professional attire, like black tie events, like sometimes it's mandatory. I think like we really instill that into students at HBCUs, making sure you're dressing the part and looking the part. Just having that total package, I think that's something that we already kind of do. So it's it's just second nature to get your office right, and make sure you're looking good your best for major events like homecoming maybe a nice basketball game or the tailgates at homecoming or even just like regular football games like it doesn't even have to be homecoming like people come out with their outfits on activity hour 12 to
0: 2 all that stuff like it's always a big deal so where would you say that you shop at like specifically for the fits or even just in your closet in general like what are your go-to i have way too many websites that I don't have
1: found. But one yeah. thing I would say, we are moving into the future. To me, TikTok can be a search engine to find like, brands or like people who are designing clothes that you never even heard of. I love sites like Depop where you can kind of recycle fashion and maybe use something that somebody's no longer using or mm-hmm. find vintage items or dated items that might still look good. Like just being able to do consignment and stuff like that. I really like that. Um and I also really like supporting small businesses and black owned businesses especially. I just really use like social media to kind of connect and see what I like and you know, who's starting a fashion brand or a clothing
0: line or something and see and just go from there. So, so it's home, it's homecoming week, right? Mm -hmm. And you're getting ready for the concert. What outfit would you put together from your closet? And, um, what are some websites that people could actually go on and find these pieces of clothing? For my basics, I
1: might go to like prettylittlething.com or something, do like, but it's like an online boutique, maybe get some just like basic items, staple items that you might need. For a concert, I probably might go with a nice cargo pant or like a mini skirt. I'm really loving the mini skirt trend mm-hmm. right now. Maybe a baby tee or a crop top or a really hard crew neck sweatshirt. And I like layers too sometimes. And the weather is really bipolar right now, so it depends yeah. on that too. But and I think it also depends on who's performing. But I think a nice nighttime look. I really love blacks and like neutral colors. Mm-hmm. So something along that. I really I'm a visual too so like I it, it would take me so long to find this outfit that we speak of. So I would have to do some trial and error honestly.
0: Well, speaking of HBCU culture and the environment that brings us into our next segment. The band and auxiliary dancers at HBCUs really change the dynamic of football games and are a really big part of HBCU culture overall.
1: Yeah, they truly set the tone. And just to give some brief background in areas with a high concentration of historically Black colleges and universities, also known as HBCUs, majorettes take on a whole different form. So HBCU majorettes, which are the dance girls that dance alongside of um, the band at HBCUs, sometimes include like baton twirling um, and also incorporate a wider variety of dance styles from West African to hip hop, step, bucking, and jazz, you know, some notable Majorette teams that I really love Golden Delight, uh, the ASU Stingettes And this is really personal to me, too, because (laughs) I was a dancer. So I really, really enjoy, you know, watching the band. We're hearing the band and then also being able to watch the dance girls, um, just how that all comes cohesively. And it really sets the tone for like the football games, homecoming, like all that is a big deal.
0: Speaking of something notable, 10 Black Women Made History at the University of Southern California at a recent football game there. Mm-hmm. They created a major red team and they made their debut at this football game. And it's kind of a trending topic right now on Twitter and Instagram because they're at a PWI. And the whole team's black, of course, but they're we're really hearing like different opinions regarding this topic. Um, some people are saying that this shouldn't have happened at a PWI and some people are kind of saying like I applaud you for creating this team because you know they don't have those at PWIs.
1: And I also just want to highlight the style of dance. It's not it's not uncommon for PWIs to have dance girls that dance with their bands at PWIs. It's just specifically that this one that was recently started um, has brought the historically Black dance style to their predominantly white university. So that's why it's so controversial. And it's just like, do we applaud her for bringing this space to her PWI? But now it's like, she's getting all this um, attention and they've been on the talk shows and on the blogs. And it's like, we have these HBCUs who, who have been doing this for years. Like the teams that I mentioned, Alcorn State, like all the dance moves that they are doing, they've taken or not taken, but it's inspired by these HBCU uh, at teams that have been doing this forever so we actually have another special guest who we think can bring some insight and shed a little more light on the situation at USC so Jewel McDonald we'd like to welcome her she is currently a senior engineering physics student at NCAT and she's a four-year golden delight and a first-year captain so hi
0: welcome Jewel how are you doing today hi I'm good how are you I'm great
3: thank you so much for
0: having me Yes. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. How long have you been dancing? The range of styles that you've done just in your whole dancing career.
3: Okay. so I want to say, well, when I was about seven, I actually um, did all star competitive cheerleading. And I did that for almost 10 years. And then once I got to high school and ninth grade, I started dancing for my cheer coach at another high school that I didn't actually attend to. I did all four years there. And then once I got into a and I also decided to join the dance team here. So it's about a good eight, nine years of cheerleading experience. And then this is my eighth year of band dancing. So how would you say
0: like dancing for Golden Delight has enhanced
3: your HBCU experience?
0: And what exactly? Who is Golden Delight? Like you know, <laughs> I love Golden Delight. You know, <laughs> but who are y'all? One
3: word. One word that would describe Golden Delight is versatile. Mm-hmm. We are definitely versatile because there's no one on the team that that does just one thing. We do everything. You dance everyone twirls a flag, and then if you decided to just, you know, pick up the skill and you started to get good at it, you start twirling the baton, there's no chilling on the field, like, there's, like, there's none of that, like, we're literally moving, dancing, twirling the entire time, but versatile is definitely, like, that's what Golden Delight is, we're versatile, that's what we, we sweat it, we bleed it, we cry it, that's what we are, that's just, and, we actually just um so I'm an anti cheerleader, and
0: we actually just did a joint performance with Golden Delight I want to say two weeks ago um and it was amazing we heard it's just being able to actually get in a dance like I'm not a dancer so <laughs> just doing the moves that they taught us and the pace that they move at is just so incredible to me and Thank even you. the fact that we had some Golden Delights come in and do like cheers with us so like I would say versatile is definitely a wonderful word to describe Golden Delight. Can you describe for
1: us, like just using your most vivid words, how it feels to like, you know, be dancing in the stands for an entire game or entire two quarters. And then you come down do your field show and then go back and continue dancing. How is that like? Just put us in your shoes for one second and really just attest to what being a dancer is. For me,
3: it's really, like, exciting. And, Mm -hmm. like, you would think because I've been doing it for so long that I would kind of get sick of it. Mm -hmm. But that just – it doesn't – that doesn't happen at all. It's just – like, the practice environment and the performance environment is two different things. Practice, you know, it it can drag. It just the long hours, but it's worth it because once you step foot – on that track, the stands, the field, all of that goes away. All of your stress goes away. I'm about to do what I love doing the most. It's mm-hmm. exciting for me. It's like the second I this, the second I put that uniform on and step outside, I'm a completely different person.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm no longer Jewel. I'm whoever I'm whoever Jewel is under that uniform. <laughs> but it's really exciting. Like it's just and then seeing seeing the crowd I don't know, it just puts like the biggest smile on my face is like just performing for so many people and just knowing that I'm entertaining them the best way that I can just mm-hmm. makes me happy. So
1: using your experience, you know, dancing at in cat a historically Black college, what is your opinion or how do you feel about the USC major team as a dancer at an HBCU like and you know, kind of understanding and be, being able to be a part of uh, the history of major teams at HBCUs. How like how are you feeling about this situation?
3: Um, well, when I first found out about the um, the young lady who created the dance team, when I first saw it, I was like, OK, that's that's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool. But then I started to have mixed emotions about it once I saw that they were getting all this attention and was getting invited to be on a talk show. Mm-hmm. I know everyone doesn't have the funds or all the necessary resources to attend an HBCU. But like you said earlier, there's a group of ladies that perform every week and do not get the recognition, the ladies at USC received. Mm-hmm. And all it took was for a black girl to create a team at a PWI for it to be acknowledged. And it's, it's, it's a bit of an eyebrow raiser. Mm-hmm. It was like, don't get me wrong. These girls also deserve to be exposed to their culture cuz they're black as well. It's just I also feel like there's another way of of going to to achieve that. Like there's culture and history behind dance teams at HBCUs for a while for like for a while, we had to do so many things just to get acknowledged still. Mm-hmm. And it's still not even apparently not good enough. I don't want it to be a mockery. Like mm-hmm. I don't think I don't I don't think that they're mocking us. I don't want those who go to their school mocking us. Yeah. Cause like I said, they're they're black. They deserve to, you know, to be exposed to our culture. It's just it's still kind of questionable because people still Black people still go to these PWIs.
0: And of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like there's also this um, mindset that people have compared to PWIs and HBCUs like, oh, you have to go to PWI to be successful in life. And I feel like we've all like HBCU students have learned that's not true at all. And even as a, a cheerleader for HBCU, If I were to see a girl start a Stump and Shake team at a PWI, it would just be like, why? Like, why didn't you just come to HBCU to do it? Because now you're kind of stripping away from us. And this is where it originated. It originated at HBCUs. um, PWI cheer and HBCU cheer are literally two completely different things. And it's just the whole comparison of that is just very shocking to me i i would say i do applaud the girl for you know making a difference at her school like starting something new
3: yeah but, she's very brave
0: yes but you should have went to a hbcu um you like like because she kind of originated from yeah i looked at the cheer team at the pwy i looked at the dance team and i just wasn't feeling it it's just you know like that hbcu culture is just so different like you experience a it's just two different things when you go to a PWI game and an HBCU game, and that's why it kind of draws people into going to an HBCU. So,
2: right. hey, hey uh, this is a uh, Bill Roden, Jules. Uh, could, could you uh, and, and Alexis too? Uh, could you, you? You mentioned something I thought was very, uh, very important. How you don't mind the young lady at USC doing what she did but you didn't want them to make fun of blackness. It wouldn't be the black people making fun of blackness. It would be the larger white culture. I just want you to explain that. I thought that was an important point.
3: You know, like for a while, and then, you know, don't get me wrong, I have nothing against other races at all, but it's just for a while, standards or trends that the black community started the white community would also see that as, oh, it's a trend now. Like it's trending because they're doing it. It's like the second they do it, it's all, it's the positive energy. But once we do it, it's, we get the complete opposite. It's just like, for an example, um, our hairstyles, for an example, um, Black women, you know, we usually, we're known for like our protective hairstyles, our locks and stuff like that. But when it's, when it's seen on us, it's seen as ghetto or it's inappropriate or is not interview appropriate but the second a white woman does it oh she's trending it's cool on her like that's just I feel like that's just
2: the same way a, a difference in style that cheerleading uh at uh HBCUs is is is, a, is not the same as it is at PWIs and I just wonder what what's what are the differences
0: you'll go to a, a HBCU game and You'll see the hips shaking and you'll see. So I would say Auntie, we don't, we're not really your typical stump and shake team. If you were to look at Winston Salem compared to Auntie, we're not the same. You'll look at Auntie and we're skilled. We can do stunts. We could tumble. Of course, like a PWI, like difference, like, oh my God, they're trying to be like a PWI. No, it's not that because black, black um women are talented, black men are talented. So, but I would say you'll see more shaking, you'll see more facials you'll see like you'll just feel the energy like um I feel like if I were to go to the PWI um go Tigers you know like just not really I would say a more formal way at a PWI they don't really they don't dance too much they do the traditional band dances with the motions to the right um it's like very I just say it's more formal at a PWI they don't really get out of their comfort zones. They don't try new things like at an HBCU. Like I had to learn how to shake. I had to learn how to um give more facials. I had to learn to find my inner ego, like as a cheerleader, because you want to give off that sex appeal as an HBCU cheerleader because it's that culture that you know brings out a different side of you,
2: you know. you think that's why it's been difficult for, and maybe Jules, you could weigh on this too. It's been more difficult for. Uh, black cheer teams at HBCUs to like win, win something like nationals because of different styles
0: at PWIs. They're more skilled when you're at HBCU and you're trying to focus on like different aspects of cheer. um, It kind of strips away from the competition portion that white, that PWIs are used to doing. So yeah, you'll go to nationals and typically the white team, the PWI is going to win because this HBCU team. Isn't as skilled as them perspective can be changed and Auntie is actually going to compete in their first nationals in April we are going to change some minds I know that for a fact and when it comes to skill wise you just it's just with practice and just trying new things I feel like compared to last year's cheer team and this year's cheer team we're kind of advancing more through practice and just trying newer skills and just teaching our flyers how to do certain things and bases learning how to hold the foot right and it's just very technical just being able to do these skills and have the energy to do that we run a mile every practice so it's just really practice 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 like you if you don't try these new things you will never get them and I know Joel you did all-star so and all-star is more skilled it's more focused you don't really like Cheer at a football game. You're performing at these competitions, so even you can just provide insight on what that was like and what were the most important aspects of that. Uh,
3: with all-star cheerleading, it's more so. It's almost I compared a little bit to like the HBCU dance team, how we perform, um, like our feature stuff like that. It's kind of that's how I kind of compare mm-hmm. it. But with all-star cheerleading, you know, there's like there's it's like a two, three minute routine, I want to say. And there's the opener, then there's the stunts, then there's the jumps, then there's the tumble pass, the pyramid, the dance. Mm-hmm. It's so many aspects that go into it. It could definitely, you know, mm-hmm. it could definitely be a lot. But mm-hmm. I also, that's how I also feel like I was so good adjusting to becoming a majorette dancer because I was so used to constantly moving that all it took was my for my brain to adjust what we were doing and not necessarily my body because I've been doing it for so long.
1: Well, we just want to thank you so much, Jewel, for your amazing insight and also just for opening up and sharing your, you know, real opinion uh, with us about everything that's going on. So we really appreciate you for coming on today, Jewel. Thank you so much. No
3: problem. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. You have a great one and take care.
3: Thank you. You too.
1: So as homecoming approaches, it's time to start getting those outfits ready. What's your go-to style and your outfits for the week? Be thinking about that. Well, really, homecoming season is here, so I hope you guys are ready. Um, And that's all for today's episode. Make sure you guys are getting those fits together. Stay lit and be safe. To our audience, thank you so much for tuning into us for another year of the Fellow Podcast. We'd like to give a very special thanks to Jewel for taking the time out to be here with us and sharing her experience. And extra thanks to Mr. Roden, uh, Parker Owens, and the ESPN digital audio content team. You can get all your Roden Fellow Podcast episodes Um, HBCU podcast by subscribing to the Anscape Listen tab of the ESPN app. And make sure you join us next time for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to go on the Anscape website to look at the latest news and insight.